The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. <laughs> I am your host, Roddy Cat, and you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can find me at Roddy, uh, at News News Need on Twitter, and you can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Columbia down the way. And that sound effect that you just heard comes from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70. What's up, everybody? Representing BK to the fullest. I mean, that next part would have would have also applied, but still. <laughs> we don't want to, we don't want it to go too, too long. Of we course. know. Absolutely. Several. You got to the main part, and that's what's important. Right. <laughs> and this being the Comic Book Chronicles, you can find this here podcast on the Coast of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or the uh, or the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. I actually would. I might need to actually do this. I'm putting this out into the ether. Um, I keep saying I'm going to do this. So we have a, a milestone coming up, folks. It is episode 398. We are two away from the big 400. Um, and I'm thinking I might want to pull somebody, maybe a couple of people in if we can get it. We still got a couple of weeks left um, mm. to, to get it together, but we'll see how if that actually works out. That um, might be good for this occasion. In addition to hopefully the other two people that are that are normally not here, but we'll see how that all works out. But until then, folks, um, we are going to get into some comics of the week. It is a fairly big week this week um, because there's a couple of uh, initiatives that have just started. Future State for DC has just started. Uh, Star Wars is a uh, High Republic uh, multimedia blitz has started this week. Um, so yeah, we got we got some stuff going on, but we are going to start off with Amazing Spider-Man number fifty-six. Right. So apparently, this is uh, listed as the last remains post mortem, and there is a few things that happen in this issue. But we'll start with the creative team of. Nick Spencer as the writer, Mark Bagley as the penciler, Andrew Hennessy and John Dell were on inks, and Rochelle Rosenberg and Edgar Delgado were on colors, 
this is uh, kind of an extra-sized issue, I noticed, from both the price point and from uh, the page count. Mm-hmm. They're really trying to get that money on, on this uh, event for whatever reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, in, in very broad strokes, the ending of last issue, the surprise ending or the, or the, 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 the tease suspenseful the teased suspenseful ending of last issue is not as it seemed according to what's revealed at the start of this issue and believe it or not it's related to the sin eater blasting norman osborne in previous issues right although that part was kind of weird because yeah because there was a couple of revelations uh and or let me phrase not even revelations there was a couple of answers that were kind of that, right. yeah that were that came out in this one, um, except for the one that probably some people really 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 want, which I, as I told somebody earlier, like we're probably not going to get that until this whole thing starts to wrap up, or you know, which we get into the last uh, arc of this. So hopefully soonish. Right, not sure how soon, but uh, yeah. we do get we do get as as Roddy Cat mentioned, we get these reveals. We also get uh, a surprise appearance by none other, none other than the Spot, <laughs> and he makes an appearance as literally a tool. Mm-hmm. Oh, not not in the colloquial sense of someone being a tool, but in the actual you know sense of being used for some purpose. So I I, I give I am giving Marvel some credit with this stuff because. Um, I don't want to say he's he's had a useless power, but he taps into a a pretty powerful source of uh source of energy, and that gets used actually. And what from what we saw at the end of last issue, that's where that plays in. But mm-hmm. they are basically, especially there's a couple of instances this week that um there are uses of like quote unquote useless power sets that get used to some great effect, let's just say. Right, right. A new twist on these powers, or right. at least a new twist on the use of these powers. I was immediately reminded of Infinity, where Thane um, traps Thanos in, um, like, stasis in a similar way, mm-hmm. along Proxima Midnight, and I want to say... Col- um, uh, I don't think it's Colipsidian. I think it's... Um, the dude with the spear, the I forget his name, but um, hmm. I know you talking. You know, about, I can't remember his name either. So, but but the, but the point is, uh, it, it reminded me of the the uh, the way they trapped the way that Thane trapped Thanos um, at the end of Infinity. Right, Thane. Huh. Um, and now I have to go and look up this person's name. I know, right? Isn't it bothersome? Yeah. And of course, it comes I, I would with... also mention while you're while you are looking that up, um, Norman has a supposed heart to heart with uh, uh, Kindred slash Harry Osborne, who you know it's a mild spoiler. It's it's been revealed for a few issues now, so if you're not keeping up, it's a it's a uh, it's a spoiler for you. But we've been mentioning it for a while now. Um, you know, after the heart to heart. Uh, you know, we get this weird revelation. One, we get a revelation with Overdrive um, huh, and some yes. of the... Uh, what's that? 
I said, no, I was agreeing with you. Right. A weird revolution, uh, a revelation regarding overdrive um, and some of the, uh, the after effects of what happened to the, what happened to Sin Eater. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff happens off panel in a sense, even though it's depicted, it's just sort of relayed to us. We get the return of a character, uh, <clears throat> Uh, into the uh, uh, into the life of uh, May Parker, um, you know, as a result of uh, the Sin Eaters' um, uh, second demise. And lastly, I just wanted to note on the final cliffhanger page, there is a minor tweak to the art that I found troublesome. Um, and I'll just mention that it doesn't look like uh, whoever was coloring this over Bagley's, you know, I'm not like, I, I know lots of people love Bagley's art. Um, I'm not the biggest fan. Um, he does have two inkers on this and, and two colorists because of the extra size of the book, but it looks like they left out part of Spidey's costume and I'm not happy about that at all. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, I, I bumped on it very yeah, hard. That's I, I didn't. Mentioned. No, yeah, I didn't. I did not uh, grab the point. I did notice it was a as a, a slightly weird art change, but uh, but I didn't bump on it like that. Yeah, you know, makes you think: is this actually Spidey? So, but I I I don't suspect that we're that that there's any sort of uh, uh, separate character here. Right. Yeah, especially but given I, what I just, was no. what was said during the course of this issue. Right. Right. I just bumped on it. So. Right. That, you know, that's pretty much it for me. Now I'm going to consult my hard copy. Actually, I was about to uh, to um, pull it up myself. Now that you say that, um, but yeah, I, mean, I don't I was really on my copy. But mm. I'm going to pull. I was looking at my review copy, but I'm going to pull out my actual hard copy and see if um, this particular issue, um, you know, this the last page of this issue reflects this also because yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It absolutely does. So that's just a little weird. I mean, his body is draped in shadow. You know what I mean? Right. But the way some of the highlights are are, are colored in there, it doesn't, yeah. You know, like I said, it's just, it's weird. (laughs) But I don't want to dwell on it because I don't think it's a major issue. And we'll find out more in the next issue if it actually is something that we're supposed to pick up on. Right. Um, which I believe the the uh, person we were thinking about is Corvus Glaive. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. From the Black Order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, yeah. Um, um, yeah. All I was all of that sort of was like, yeah. Even though we got some some answers, some stuff, we don't have any real world answers to the overall thing, which we uh, which as I said, we're not going to get probably anytime soon. And and as and as far as what happened, um, I still question how or why that would happen, except for comics, like 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 what you were saying with what happened with Sin Eater and you know the the releasing of all the powers back into the world. I'm like, well, okay, how did it just not hit this one person, the person that you know right. that this was all of, which. Again, that's kind of I was like, all right, comics, and there's probably a specific reason why is it why it didn't, 
or it did and the you know the, that revelation hasn't come out yet or it mm-hmm. passed on to somebody else that would possibly be related to that person as what has also been suggested in this uh, in another different way, but who who even knows? We'll find out hopefully at some point. That being right, said, that's it. Much next, I believe we said we were going to go to Eternals number one, which is one of the new number one books of the week. Yes, sir. <laughs> so All this, right, oh yeah, uh, go ahead and give us the creative team on that one. I was about to say, you can do it too sometimes. Uh, it's written by Kieran Gillen with art by Isai Rabich, uh, colors by Matthew Wilson. Mm. Well, yeah, except for the fact, like, I only really started, honestly, I, you were the one doing it, but I also realized, like, you know what, there's probably a couple of books that I, I'm reading that you don't have that I will probably will do it on. Mm-hmm. So, and I thought about that this, uh, earlier this week. I mean, or not earlier, but uh, yesterday as I was uh, doing whatever. But I didn't right. get a chance to do all of that. That being said, though, um, so yeah, this is the new number one of the week. Uh, the Eternals are back. Um, not surprising because there's a movie coming out that bearing their name uh, at some point. So, um, and as uh, Agent Seventy just said, we have the creative teams right there. And I am noticing. Well, I want to say I, I'm. Well, the, the, the main thing you, you get from this book, one, is uh, without even going to what actually happens in this book, is that there's some familiar beats uh, going on here with another uh, group of folks, namely the Krakoans, let's just say, um, in how things are presented. And even in what happens, you know, they, 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 they themselves have drawn that parallel uh, in the course of this issue. Right. Uh, without actually saying, you know, this is actually like this. But uh, I want to say they actually do mention. They might not actually mention it, no. But um, and obviously, you know, and and uh, uh, I just wanted to interject. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the way I saw this is that you know it's a slick reboot or retcon of mm-hmm. the origin of the Eternals. Um. You know, we also get data pages. This is a, a big hint at, at what, uh, you know, it's a big, uh, not even hint because Roddy Cat basically said they're, they're basically doing what was done with the Hawkspox. Um, but um, my understanding of the Eternals' powers was that they had, that they were eternal because they could basically, you know, uh, control every single atom of their being. Mm-hmm. Which they do and say they could, here. Right, and they could reconstitute themselves, you know, pretty much, you know, under any circumstances. So, um, you know, they could be injured, but, you know, they are eternal after all. They just need time to uh, reconstitute themselves. Uh, but what we find out here is that, uh, you know, they have a slightly different purpose than what we had initially understood. Right, and... It appears that that purpose, um, it, especially what they said in the course of this book, is no longer needed, but they still kind of doing the same things that they've been doing. And now, granted, it's been a long time. We have a long time since we have seen the Eternals. In fact, I've caught myself trying to remember even when one of the last few people to have seen them around comes uh, shows up in this book or is said to have seen them around, I should say. 
They were in the pages of Jason Aaron's Avengers for like a hot second. Remember? Right. But again, like I said, I meant like pre prior to that. Right. Um. And even in then, which actually brings up the question of like, um, and matter of fact, as I say in my notes, it's like, all right, so the Eternals are back and they're living in this world, and the Avengers are living in in the um in the body of a dead Eternal. I mean, a dead Celestial. Which, if you know anything about the Eternals lore, have some connections too. Um, so I'm very curious as to what, if anything, is going to be um said on that front. One of my favorite things in this, other than the data pages, because it gives us this gigantic list of locations and character names. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things in this is that they actually include uh, copies of, I guess they're diamond codes, you know, uh, so that they can be uh, ordered as they come out. Trade paperbacks of previous uh, uh, published eternal stories mm-hmm. you know everything from the neil gaiman uh uh, uh miniseries uh illustrated by john romita jr which i have some of but i don't think i bought all of it so i don't think i remember i, I don't think i can say i've read the whole thing i could probably look it up on marvel unlimited right. but there are several uh trade paperbacks that are going to be published uh, that are available now and or going to be published very soon in the run, in the run up to the movie. So, uh, if you are interested in looking back on the Eternals history, that stuff's going to be available for consumption very soon. Right, which is good that they did that for that reason because, like, yeah, like people like us, we would at the very least have some connection to or have known of them at some you know at some point in the comics history, quite possibly. And which we do, um, I, I think it's safe to say that like people just come to them new because of either the movie or they're just like, well, hmm, the Eternals, what is this about? You know, might want to get some of that background or may not. And this will give them some way to kind of be like, all right, here, here's something you can kind of, you know, without even saying, hey, if you don't know who these people are, here's some materials you might want to check out. You know, they did. They, they pretty much did everything but say that. Right, which they did never have. They haven't really had. Uh, they've never really shied away from doing too often, especially recently. Uh, in that point, so you know, this was a little slicker way to do it, but nonetheless, welcome. Or even if you are like us and have, you know have some familiarity to to the Eternals, it's like when, when was actually the last time? Now, granted, there was wikis and stuff like that you can look this stuff up. But nevertheless, you know, if you just want to actually read some stuff and comics, uh, excuse me, and uh, Marvel Unlimited is out there for you for the perusal for a lot of the stuff that that's already yeah. been out. Uh, I would just note that. Uh, do you have any other uh, uh, notes on this book? Uh, that's it. And actually, despite what I just said, I don't know if they have much internal stuff out on in Marvel Unlimited. So maybe I should probably check that out. But. Um, that being said, it's like no, we get we pretty much get in, we start getting into the, um, I guess into the status quo of the the terms at this point, up until we find out, hey, here's go, here's a thing that they're going to get involved in, um, within their own group, and at the end of this issue, someone that we haven't seen, well, we've seen a, a good bit of, but haven't seen a lot of quite recently, ends up coming that is related to them to a point definitely related uh-huh um he's like a cousin basically 
comes back into the fold. So I'm like, I wasn't quite surprised by that, but I was like, oh, right. <laughs> there's yeah, a bunch this, of this person totally has some, some um, reasoning to show up in his book. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on Marvel Unlimited. It's under E. Right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't bother to check that out yet, but uh, and it wasn't until just now that I actually realized that. So, I don't know. You got anything else on this one? No, that's pretty much it. You know, um, uh, you mentioned the uh, the last page uh, cliffhanger reveal. So that that's pretty much it. You know, like we said, it's pretty much a, a you know a slick re rep, you know it's like a it's like a slick rebrand for for the Eternals. So um, I hope that this makes it more accessible to first time readers, mm-hmm. and you know preps people for the upcoming movie. Right. I would also like to believe that um, because of who's writing this, um, and and I feel like I've seen shades of it here um, with what he did with, with, um, I'm about to call him Young Justice and that's not right, of uh, Young Adventures, Mm -hmm. some of that may come out of here because he's actually because when he when he wrote uh he did some like some cool things with uh young avengers and from what they kind of set up here seemingly it could be some cool stuff even though even if it does seem familiar with what's going on in, in x-men on in x-men corner right so but we'll see so next up um you got one you want to pop out there sure um How about we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy number 10? Sure. So uh, this is written by Al Ewing with art by Juan Cabal and colors by Federico Blee. Um, This is, I believe, the one and only King in Black crossover issue with Guardians of the Galaxy. In this issue, Null is taking on Spartax. Uh, home planet in the comics, at least, of one Peter Jason Quill. Uh, the Guardians try to defend it, and uh, guess what? This is um, essentially what happens just before the events of the end of last issue. Right. Where Star-Lord Peter Quill makes his return, and then some. Um, the Guardians... Uh, apparently uh, can't bring Star-Lord's somewhat newfound powers to bear on Null. You know, they, they do bear, they, they do end up successfully defending Spartax, but they can't uh, jump into the fray in the main King in Black because they, they have to deal with characters. What's that? No, I was going to say they have to deal with, you got to let me finish. They must deal with characters from their own recent past in the next issues. <laughs> well, yes, but um but the reason why I brought that up is because um they did this before actually. I want to say and this is going to also call back to the events also that the similar thing happened. Um there's a an annihilation callback. I don't know if you caught that. Well, they're going to be following up on that in the next issue. Right. 
which is the one reason why I bring this up, but also a similar thing that happened then is happening now. It was like, cause Peter was like, Hey, we should go back to earth and help them. But, Oh wait, we can't because of X, Y, Z thing that, you know, that, uh, that he talks about that has something to do with why he's back in the first place. Right. Uh, which, you know, won't spoil last, cause this, that stuff kind of came out last issue when, when, you know, when they talked about him, but we still won't want to, don't want to really give that up too much. If you're reading right. this, and going into the next uh, uh, issue, as you said, that is going to be dealing with this in full. But it was kind of cool to see that not only it was that, but it was like a couple of different uh, annihilation uh, callbacks, especially in a, in a particular piece of dialogue between uh, Quirrell and Nova. All right. Um, there was something else I was going to um, say about that. Oh yeah, and we do like you said. We do get a, a piece of uh, see a piece of um, uh, Quill's upgrade uh, as they're going through through this. But as you said, you know, like I said, we couldn't really get it fully realized because of the reasons why he's back in the first place. Sure, and you know, it's you know, it's it's a Kingdom Black crossover. Mm-hmm. Not. Neither of us are all that enthusiastic about this crossover. I just looked at the March solicitations in print form, and it's still going strong in March. So we have another couple of months of this. Yeah, which means it'll be crossing over into books that we actually read. And uh, I'm still kind of bummed about it. Yep. That being said, let's move on to another book. Next up. Um, I actually- What's next? Want to? Hmm. Um. Now nah, I say that for rapid fire because I was gonna bring bring up another uh, King of Black tie-in, but that's it's not. Yeah, I was I about to say we have the lead into a potential King and Black tie-in, uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number twenty-two. There we go. There's that too. Um. So sure, we'll do that one. Yeah. Um. I'll kick it off with the creative team. Uh, it's written by Saladin Ahmed. I believe this is the first issue drawn by Natasha Bustos with colors by David Curiel. Natasha Bustos, uh, lots of people will remember, was on the launch of uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So... It just every kind of knows what I'm about to say, um, because one of the things we get out of the gate is a little father father son bonding with uh, one Jefferson and uh, Miles Morales. And I said that correctly, because what we come to find out in this book, thank God, that the, the um, Jefferson's name has been rectified. So um, and yes, that's kind of a that's a spoiler, but whatever, it's a spoiler people need to know. Um, because as we know, the, 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 the formerly known Jefferson Davis is now Jefferson Morales because he has legally changed his name as, as stated in his book, which, uh, a lot of fans will be very, very happy to see un- just like myself. And even agent 70 said, uh, before we were talking, well, we were talking before this episode, he was like, yeah, you knew he was happy about that one. Uh, and it's like, mm-hmm. yes, yes, I was. But the rest of the issue goes into a little um, um, Starling and um, Miles team up of of a sorts because they kind of both have things on their mind due to the events of 
well, recent events for both of them, for Starlink, yeah. it's... Um, recent revelations, really. Exactly. Uh, recent revelations in um, Amazing Spider-Man 850 for Starling and what happened in the last issue for Miles with uh, his uncle Aaron. Um, so Miles goes out on patrol, calls up Starling to go out and do the thing to come up with, uh, come against somebody who hadn't been seen in this book since the beginning of this volume with a very stupid name. Um who changed their name also to another very silly name. Um, and while they're de- dealing with that, we get a little bit of um, flash to the the rest of uh, Miles's friends, you know, as um, because they were also involved with what happened in, uh, and Outlaws is still kind of going on. So this is just why it plays up into that. Uh, the friends are kind of catching up with uh, something that happened to them. Um uh, during the course of the last couple of issues, which leads to probably the uh, one of the, the the unexpected, but I'm like, but curious things uh, uh, in the that's going forward. In that there might be a little, there might be a little something going on with a couple of Miles's friends. Uh, part of me is kind of bummed about that because I have said in the past, like one of these characters and Miles would be so good together. But also I have also said that he and Starling probably might, uh, might also make a, well, yeah, there's so much relationship drama. Yeah, exactly. Diving right into the actual relationships, but there is a ton of relationship drama in this issue. You should take a look at this. Anyone who's a fan of, uh, of miles, um, we'll see, you know, I mean, it's, it's a little tough because some of the characters that are having this relationship drama have seen this kind of develop gradually over time, mm-hmm. uh, especially since what Roddy Cat was mentioning, uh, this particular entanglement that, that Miles once had, um, they, they had to kind of break it off. And as you know, relationships are want to do, they, tend to grow between uh, some of the unlikeliest um, uh, 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 characters. Yeah. But at the same time, kind of not because there are, are, I feel like, and I've seen this some, I might've seen this somewhere, but there are, uh, there are some parallels from between Miles and Peter in their different relationships that are kind of similar. Now, granted, he doesn't has, he's not, well, I guess he, there, if there is some version of the the Morales Morales look, then that's a whole other situation. But you know, um, and there's no said, no, there's no guarantee that it's going to fall into the same trappings as that. But um, some would argue, and I feel like we've said in the past that Starling could be considered his black cat, or but cat. not really because they they're not even playing her like that. You know, as they as they it could have. As, right, I was about to say it only started as. If I'm not mistaken, a rivalry because she was a vigilante more so than a criminal. Correct. So, um, I want to say his original black cat was Bombshell back in the Ultimate Universe. Probably, yeah. Considering you know the, how the character was introduced, mm-hmm. you know, definitely, you know, Miles and Miles and Starling are definitely rivals. Oh, and speaking, I was about to say, um, uh, oh no, she doesn't actually. Uh, there isn't actually a name change for her in this, is there? No. I don't think so. No, there isn't. But she does talk about she does talk about her name in this because there was a, there definitely a, 
a lot of talk about changes in, in this issue. Like, you know, with Miles' dad, with her, because of the revelation that she found out, um, you know, obviously the villain that I was talking about went some sort of change, but that's whatever on that one. But yeah, she never did say anything about actually changing her name, but she did actually talk about, you know, what that name means. And she's had thoughts about it. Right. You know, given the revelation. So whether it might end up coming into a name change, we don't know, but it definitely did not happen in this issue. Um, I think there was another point that I was going to, to, to make but yeah so that was that's uh for the most part pretty much it because then this issue ends up um going headlong into king and black at the end of this issue because we we see um you know miles and gonky talking as the, the city gets um or there's an evacuation or something happening um but yeah so that's that, but it looks like they might be putting some some folks together, uh, a couple of different folks together, and we'll see how both of those are going to play out. And as as, as uh, Agent Seventy said, the the relationship dramas that might ensue then. So, and that part was kind of knew it was coming because, like I said, the whole thing with um, I feel like even from the beginning, that's when Starling was introduced. I felt like uh, um um you know that was going to be, and I think then Miles was still kind of messing with Barbara at the time before, you know, before they split or whatever the, whatever happened, you know, it's, it's teenagers who does, where does the split? Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how that is. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that, how that uh, plays out, which means we can move on to, um, if you got another book you want to pull out, We'll I was about to say, more. I feel like maybe more before rapid fire because there's so many books. Right, uh, Mora. I didn't read it, but go ahead. Oh no, well, enough that. Don't worry. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I, I thought you I had read that. I didn't get to it. Yeah. Uh, we both read Juggernaut. How about that? Sure. So Juggernaut number five, and I believe you have the creative team on that. I'll pull it up. I was about to say you don't have it handy. I don't. I want was... Cat to get into the habit of of doing it himself, simply because I think we need to uh, uh, pay the creative teams on these books their own due respect. That only takes a couple of seconds out of our show to uh, make that so. Um, this book is random and since you know, as I said earlier, you know, like the the books we have in common, definitely uh, you you had already taken care of that. But yeah, and then I didn't think about it until a little late, so I will think about doing that going forward yeah but i think it's you know and the reason why like i said that's the reason why i started doing it is that we needed to you know we definitely shouted it out when we felt like we needed to Mm -hmm. you know uh you know we've been doing that since the inception of the show but i feel like it's something that we should do on the regular just so that um you know we let people know you know these are the uh the creators on this book on these books that we're reading um this is written juggernaut number five this is the last issue in this limited series. Um, it's written by Fabian Nitieza with art by Ron Garney uh, and Matt Miller on colors. Um, you know, as I said, this is the last issue of this mini series and it deals with um, some revelations that we found out in the previous issue. A couple of them, one of them being uh D cell that's uh 
you know, not the uh, the the battery, but the character that was introduced in this miniseries um, and became uh, a rooting section, a conscience, uh, a sidekick to one Kane Marco, aka the Juggernaut, an influence. Or oh um, oh yeah, I was about to say, um, you 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 hit the nail on the head. You mentioned that she is a wannabe social media influencer, you know, and she uh, and, and 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 she uses her uh, access to Kane Marco to uh, <laughs> Kane followers. Um, but uh, but one thing that Kane uh, is trying to do is not necessarily go straight, but definitely try to make amends for several of the decisions that he's made in his past. And, uh, you know, if not go straight, but at least, uh, uh, you know, try not to do, you know, evil, uh, and, and, and just, uh, you know, just do his best, uh, to muddle his way forward. Uh, the last focus of this book has been on this, uh, for-profit superhuman, uh, prison system that he is trying to, uh, to, to take down because, what he discovered in previous issues is that they are experimenting upon uh, superpowered prisoners and taking aspects of their powers and uh, adapting them for profit. And that is where we find ourselves in the middle of this book. Um, uh, it's important to note that this issue starts with um, Kane Marco dealing with uh, the good folks on Krakoa as he's trying to negotiate uh, D-Cell joining the Krakoans uh, despite her continued claims of not being a mutant. Um, she ends up tagging along with uh, Kane on this uh, mission to take down the superpowered uh, prisons and uh, things go poorly. Because, uh, as Roddy Cat mentioned earlier, they've been experimenting with powers that, uh, up until this point, seem to be pretty useless. But, in the right hands, and with the right amount of creativity, turn out to be pretty effective. Right. There was a weird... So it, it made me kind of flash toward the like the future stuff that we found out from Hoxpox where they're basically making amalgamations of mutants that that's not what happens in this book, but it feels like they kind of put now granted the, one of the pairings that, I mean, the pairing that they, that they had as an example here, one of them are, is not a mutant, but you know, um, but still yet, you know, it, it still stands a reason for that. So I was like, okay, that's, that's a interesting take on to doing that. So it kind of felt like, you know, the, you know, that was a thing that, yeah, I thought you were going in the direction of what we had been seeing in recent pages of the X books, where they were creating circuits of mutants. I mean, that still that still applies also to that too. But yeah, but but I, but directly when they went into the the uh, the amalgamation, the 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 the, the, the putting together of the powers for mm-hmm. in the future sense, which yeah, some right. of that has also still been kind of coming out too, or at least we right. get to see the beginnings of. Right. So. You know, getting back to uh, the Juggernaut's mission against this superpowered prison syndicate, that's essentially what it is. Um, things go badly, but ultimately when this prison tries to take uh, 
uh, uh, D cell for themselves, she declares herself, uh, you know, she declares that she's looking for uh, asylum on Krakoa. And, you know, it all comes out where, you know, where, where Kane was right. She admits to being a mutant and she decides to, at least for now, uh, uh, seek out asylum on uh, the island nation of Krakoa. So good for her. Right. Uh, we find out at the end of the issue that Kane Marco is kind of putting together his own little semi-reformed bad guy squad, uh, minus the uh, crazy Nazi scientist, apparently, <laughs> in the book. So that leaves us with a cliffhanger ending for this limited series that I guess is establishing uh, another, uh, you know, like an evil, you know, like another evil corporation business um, uh, venture uh, uh, in the Marvel Universe, the, namely this for-profit uh, superhuman prison uh, uh, company, you know, this, this, this particular allegory for real-world problems. And, uh, you know, they're using this group of characters, namely the juggernaut Primus and uh, Quicksand mm -hmm. as, uh, as the, uh, uh, as the core group of characters moving forward. We might be getting another juggernaut uh, miniseries coming out of this. I hope so. I actually kind of hope so. Cause I actually liked the way this wrapped up and with all of that, like the, the thing with D cell was kind of like, okay, I feel like, I'm not sure why they're why they were belaboring the fact of whether she was a mutant or not, but it felt like it was kind of one of those like yeah, this is a surprise to every to no one except for her in that well, not even her, but you know, well, not a surprise, but you kind of understood why she didn't want to deal with the fact, sure, because it did have its roots in just like in just like many superheroes, it did have its roots in a traumatic personal slash family experience right and we find that out in the midst of this issue but before then was what i'm talking about because it's right. Like, all right we yeah we we i feel like we pretty much know what she is like granted she, they could have gone the other way she could have been in a human and could have you know th things could have been a little different and you know also led to some more answers or more some more questions of things but it, it didn't which is fine because it's not it's not that big a deal like i, said, I still in, enjoyed the way all that played out um, that being said, uh, what was I going to mention? Oh, so yeah, this so in, in closing to this, like it, this brings up some questions that I'm really kind of curious of whether we're going to get answers or not. Namely the revelation that comes out of this week's, um, amazing Spider-Man having to do with juggernaut who was in fact in that book, you know, who had showed up in that book. Right, for a short period of time with the right. Sin Eater story, yeah. So, and I'm wondering, like, okay, so, and and he did show up in that, is they, well, let's, without actually giving it away, like, I, in, if, like, right, we, he showed up being incarcerated and then had his powers taken away by the Sin Eater, and then they show him uh, in a panel breaking away from <laughs> the latest uh, lockup that he'd been in. Um, but I want to say, he was under... But he was on. He had a different appearance, different armor. So well, that's what I was got to mention, right? Yeah. So it, they they had him in the old armor, uh, and, and that one, which obviously suggests that this was before the events of uh, of uh, this miniseries. Yeah. Uh, which which makes total sense. Um, yes and no. 
because <laughs> remember we've discussed this before with this juggernaut series right. trying to place it in history because or pl- placing it in uh, continuity you know let's not uh, over dram- over dramatize this mm. you know <laughs> placing it in comic book continuity um because of uh war of the realms mm-hmm. that's the kicker because remember all uh, he stripped of um, he stripped of the 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 the, the gem of Sidorak prior to um, the resolution of War of the Realms, hmm. and that's the kicker because that's you know because uh, he stripped of it pre I want to say pre Hoxpox. Well, no, just no, not pre Hoxpox. You know, no, yeah, kind of pre Hoxpox. Yeah, because it was during the uh, War of the Realms miniseries, I think. Right, which was definitely before Hoxpox. But yeah, so it, that kind of stuff gets kind of weird in that, and, and like we said, it was like, well, yeah, comics uh, mm-hmm. is is the thing. Also, Heya is a is an oldie now, apparently. But anyway, um, that was like that's still. But the whole thing with the Juggernaut and that thing that happened in Amazing Spider Man, which as we've kind of found out, you know. It's probably old but at this point, but we also come to find out that, even, especially in the the uh, pages of Amazing, that even just because people got their sins back, that they don't necessarily revert back to their former inclinations. So that could still apply here in answer to that. We'll never know, right? Um, yeah, that being said, we can kind of push on. Like I said, I enjoyed this, uh, Juggernaut uh, miniseries. I'm looking forward to see what they, what they, uh, what they do with that. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was well done and, you know, it was a nice little five issue, you know, just like a nice little five issue series. Mm -hmm. You know, establishing a new status quo with his armor. You know, they did that in a couple of issues, uh, introduced a new character and introduced a new motivation for him. Mm Mm-hmm. So and I hope it sticks because you know, as we have seen with uh, other bigger bad guys uh, of of note, like yeah, they had them going in a pretty decent direction at one point, and then it was like, nope, we're going to reverse course and um, and just make them like they were because you know reasons. Mm. Um. So that's being said, we can move on to I guess we can go ahead to rapid fire if we're if we're we're um. I- I'm going to spin it up because you have a lot of books to go through and I've got a couple more to go through as well. All right. Rapid fire. I was about to say, I've got one, two, three, one. That's one of those is in common Four, five. How about you? I think we've got um, one or two in common. I think we. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, one. Yeah, I believe we can have like one or two. I was about to say I'll start with the ones that I think we have in common. Uh, Iron Man number five. Mm-hmm. So uh, in Iron Man number five, this is written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Cafu. It all goes really badly. When Iron Man recruits some random characters to help take on Korvac, I just wanted to note to uh, Christopher Cantwell that there is, in fact, a Frogman action figure. There's actually a line (laughs) in the book that says none of these characters have action figures. But guess what? 
Misty has an action figure too. Well, no, he he specifically said that Frogman didn't. I don't because I don't. Yeah, you know, I, 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 at least that's the way I took it. Is is Frogman was the one who didn't have anything right. significant about him. But yeah, I was going to ask you if that was indeed the case. Oh, he does. He has it's it's in the next. It's in the latest uh, uh, Spider-Man wave. It's uh, out in some places, and it's going. I'm going to be getting mine in like a month and a half. Hmm. So it's new, so so he had, but he hadn't had one prior to this. So. No, which is funny, right? right? Which is funny. That's what, that's what makes it uh, amusing because obviously uh, Cantwell wrote this long before the the uh, um, the uh, uh, previews of that character of that action figure came out right. more than. Okay. So uh, so yeah, that's essentially it. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a weird um, connection between uh, Hellcat and uh, Korvac that Korvac uh, exploits. And, uh, you know, like I said, it all goes poorly because, uh, you know, that's that's generally what's been happening in Iron Man recently. Right. And there's something about... Um... This is all kind of also kind of funny because it harkens back harkens back to um, Corvac's uh, Avengers days where he can't help but explode folks. Mm. <laughs> so I, I did take note of that. Um, we also note that uh, that character, new character in this book, uh, Halcyon, who is also a mutant, but with a weird power, if you even want to call it a power. Um, right. Gets a gets a suit and yeah the the definitely as Agent Seventy said the, the team that they put together is, is patchwork at best <laughs> for last minute definitely definitely all right so um, I guess you didn't read King and Black Return of the Valkyries nope uh, I understand why because it is obviously a, a King and Black book but um, it does have the OG uh, writing team. Uh, from the Valkyrie book of Jason Aaron, and uh, her name is uh, Torun Gronbeck. The artist on this is Nina Vacueva, and colors by Tamara Bonvalane. I believe this intros a new Valkyrie character. I think it might be the 616 version of... um, uh, of the Valkyrie from the uh, Thor Ragnarok movie. Yep, and, sure is. Uh, game fame, I believe it is, but they don't introduce the name just yet. Yeah, but if you've seen if you've seen previews of of this and uh, whatnot, yeah, it is. And I know we've talked about it in the in the past. It's pretty much it's her. Intended to be right, exactly. Yeah. It's definitely intended to be. They have not yet confirmed. So that's essentially it. Um, you know. Uh, you know, this book is a tie-in to the King and Black uh, uh, event because um, it involves Valkyrie bringing the Sentry of all people to Valhalla. I'm like, wait, he's not Norse? What the hell? But um, but you know, in any event, that's the impetus for the book, and uh, you can you can uh, kind of figure that uh, a lot of the King and Black stuff. Um, you know, kind of sticks its nose into the story as well as dealing with um, the introduction of um, uh, Brunhild, I guess, this version of Brunhild, um, a.k.a. Valkyrie from the MCU. Uh, next up is... 
crossover number three. This is from Image. It's written by Donny Cates with art by Jeff Shaw and colors by D. Cuniff. We will uh, see Jeff. Uh, we will see uh, uh, Donny Cates uh, in a few seconds. Uh, this is a fun chapter in this crossover story, and we actually get the appearances of several characters from other properties. Namely, another Donny Cates created book that we actually promoted on this show when they were guests on the show. Namely, the Paybacks. Oh, nice. Yeah, I remember that. Yep, 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 yep. So anybody who wants to go tune into that show, we should definitely tweet at uh, um, uh, at the creative team and, and, and put in a link to the show um, uh, for that. Um, I believe we, we could still find it on iTunes if, or SoundCloud. Well, I was about to say, uh, I'll probably just go to CSPN and, check, and get it from, pull it off of there. And I'm, if I find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Exactly. I was about to say, we could tweet it at them too. Be like, hey, remember this? You know, um, it's been a while. But yeah, they, they do cross over into this directly. There is no, you know, uh, no two ways about it because obviously this is a Donny Cates property. As well, we get another actual crossover from something created by something created by Mike Allred. And it's pretty funny. So um, it, this was a, just a fun chapter in the story. Fun, fun, fun. Um, Dark Knight's Death Metal number seven. Excellent. Number seven. Written by Scott Snyder with pencils by Greg Capullo, inks by Jonathan Glapion, and colors by Afco Placienza. Oof. This is a tough read. Um, I see how they set up Future State and the eventual return of the eventual return to the main publishing line, but it's a convoluted way to get there. Honestly, it was just very difficult. I know that Roddy Cat read some of the Future State stuff this week. I am going to try to give it some time this weekend and see if I can uh, not even make heads or tails of where they're going, but just try to give it a chance uh, for uh, review sake, for uh, educational purposes. So we will see how that goes. But yeah, uh, you know, it, it's always tough to see these events that lead to some form of reboot get there you know i remember even secret wars kind of kind of seeing that particular problem rear its head uh but i think this this series was even uh, was a harder read you know was even a harder read than that um so you know go in with appropriate expectations um, before you go any further, um, I was going to ask you: Is should I? I meant to ask you this earlier. Should I read this, given that it kind of links future state, even though not knowing, not caught up with what's been going on with the thing improper? Uh, you probably could understand most of it. You know, you don't really need to know anything that happened before. I hate to say, yeah. Mm. Well, and I'm really actually kind of su- su- not surprised that it's as you say convoluted or whatnot because as we know with dc properties in there and the especially the live action stuff they kind of love patching stuff together and see if it <laughs> in the last minute to see if it's, if it's working not saying it's the same situation i'm just saying right. it just kind of seems like it right 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 i mean like i said they're definitely creating they're, they're creating the, the 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 framework for their their upcoming uh omniverse forget multiverse you know an omniverse of 
infinite possibilities, giving them all the all the freedom in the world to create and create and not have to worry necessarily about continuity. So uh, that's that's their way of getting around all of the botched uh, reboots that they've tried to do um, until the next one. <laughs> we'll see. We will see. Uh, next up, uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Get oh, if you haven't heard me say potential click of the week, it's because I really only had one out of all the books I read this week. Guardians was good, but because it's a King and Black tie-in, it's kind of um, Thor number eleven. Yo, I know Roddy Cat is not reading this. He really should be. This is written by uh, our man Donny Cates, as I mentioned earlier. This is the other book in my list. With art by Nick Klein, colors by Matt Wilson. This is my potential click of the week, leaving me with just one. Um, killer cliffhanger page reveal. Just killer. Uh, it's great that Jane Foster is also in this book. So she's in two books this week after the end of her solo series. Um, the book essentially delves into the return of Donald Blake and him seeking out uh, Dr. Jane Foster, as we found at the end of the last issue. And uh, Donald Blake, uh, you know, reconnecting with Jane Foster in this issue and uh, Jane kind of uh, figuring out uh, something is amiss, obviously. And uh, she is going to be playing uh, a role in this book uh, as we move forward. But as I said, this has a killer, absolutely killer cliffhanger page reveal at the end of the book. So this is my, you know, I'm basically spoiling what my click of the week is going to be. So that's it for me. Mm, I was about to say, are you? Are you? <laughs> I feel like you're being more more actual than you're letting on with with what you just said. But we're, we're gonna let that roll. Um, that being said, is like, yeah, I'll catch up on this because I still got those. You have been talking it up, and there there has been some intrigue on my part for some of that stuff. Uh, for myself, we start off with Injustice Year Zero, number fourteen. It is the last issue of the book which means it leads up to the um the beginning of injustice um year one duh um but uh in my notes i say magic versus super uh superman versus magic usually doesn't go well for him but i guess this case is a a different is a this is a different case uh batman gives the we don't kill speech uh ivy tries to talk harley down but you know how that goes when it comes to the joker especially um but at last of it, we see the JSA go through the multiverse looking for their missing members. And last but not least, we get uh, to the moment that leads up to the start of this whole shebang. We don't get that moment, but we get the moment that that um, that sparks it. So there is that. Uh, overall, I, this this series was actually pretty decent. I, I, I enjoyed it. You know, you, you knew where it was going to go, but you were kind of curious as to how it got there. And it was as, you know consequences you think that would be in this case uh modok head games number two this is a potential click of the week for me uh murderous funko pop uh mm. synergy modok goes to uh tony stark to help fix his uh glitchy memories and i know i don't know if uh agent Sam is actually going to i plan his. on it i yes. enjoyed the first issue so i'm not going to give too much away but let's just say they get into some stuff um 
and don't read my notes. But there is <laughs> um, there is a a couple of interesting references. One of which I'd never expected them to see in the pages of a Marvel book ever again. Um, and I, I will let you. Uh, and I just totally botched that. I don't know what's going on. Uh, again, don't read my notes because <laughs> it is in there. Um, but that was uh, that was amusing uh, as uh, as uh, as uh, Tony Starks and and Modoc uh, get in some. Uh, get into some issue get or get in some uh, amusing havoc at a at a trade show let's say and I'm, we'll go with that um the rise of ultraman number five last issue of this book also uh brings the return of a monster from the first episode of ultraman q which is kind of funny because i just watched it for the last episode of ultraman q and the first episode of ultraman q um, which is pretty much, uh, let's say prior to what this book ends up was, uh, ended up being. Um, so that was kind of amusing. Uh, but anyway, Shin gets, uh, something he thought he wanted and Ultraman gets, gets a name. Uh, the USP, uh, solves the problem by putting it back into the world slowly, but surely. Um, and for some strange reason, my other part of my note did not come out here. But this also leads to another uh, potential miniseries that has something to do with another um, Ultraman character. And if you know anything about uh, the Ultraman series and particularly the time frame of this one, uh, this this book is set in and the Ultraman series that it's set around, you kind of wouldn't know what that's about which I have some cursory glance about it having recently, you know, been watching a little bit of it. But, um, you know, like I said, they, they did definitely tease another, um, another chapter or another, uh, uh, miniseries, but they didn't necessarily say, say it's a miniseries, but they said like, there's definitely something coming from this. Um, Star Wars number two, uh, excuse me, number 10, uh, R2 and 3PO get the droid that, that was rescued uh, in the last issue working again, but it decides that um, it wants to strike a deal because it realizes that its usefulness would, if it gave up, gave up the reason why they got him in the first place, that its usefulness will be at end. And, and you could definitely tell that this droid is um, kind of out for it, looking out for himself, and even says it in the course of his book. Anyway, uh, it strikes a deal with Lando and uh, with Lando and Lobot's help to uh, strike a deal for its own safety. And speaking of deals, Lando is um, Lando is is um, dealing with a deal he made with Java, trying to get some information from the rebels. Um, but also, we see um, the Starlight Squadron go into action with uh, Cheryl Bay, who is Poe Dameron's mom, and a bunch of names, or some names that we haven't seen since Poe Dameron's book, Star Wars Rebels, and Leia's miniseries. So they kind of just put a bunch of folks together. And of course, it's a trap! Mm. Um, uh, to which uh, leads to some, some Star Wars-like shenanigans going on. But uh, the droid ends up 
taking advantage of a connection with a character that I just mentioned uh, a little bit ago with him and things break down in the process and people make some choice choices. Uh, let's see. Star Wars High Republic number one. So this, as I said earlier, this whole uh, multimedia initiative has started with this week uh, with the Light of the Jedi novel um, written by Charles Soule and also this book here uh, written by, and I did get the uh, creative team for this one, uh, writer Kevin Scott, um, artist Ario Anadito, uh, and colorist uh, Annalisa Leone. So I would say, before I say anything else into this, there was a announcement, which we'll get into in the uh, news section, uh, talking about this and a bunch of other books that's coming on the lines in the first uh, in the first uh, part of this multimedia blitz that they're doing, uh, and I did happen to have a chance to check that stuff out yesterday when it, or the day before yesterday as the the as of this recording uh, that stuff and gave a little bit more light into what's going on in the beginning of this uh, this whole thing that pretty much starts off in light of the Jedi novel, which I do have, but I hadn't had a chance to read yet. Uh, they also said that you don't necessarily have to read one to get stuff from the other, but it, if you want the full picture, obviously they're going to say that you, they want you to get them all. That being said, um, I did mention that I didn't leave, hadn't read light of the Jedi yet, but anyway, uh, we meet in this issue, Keeve Trennis, who's a Padawan, who's uh, just about to become a Jedi, her master skier, and a host of other people on DS9. I mean, Starlight Beacon. Because, yes, because even if you looked at that uh, reveal stuff yesterday, the one thing I, that came across was like, that. Yeah, this kind of seems like um, a more focused uh, DS9. And I'm okay with it, because people know I love me some DS9. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, and this is also centered around a great disaster that apparently, uh, um, around the time that this book happens has already happened, which I believe takes place in that novel that I just talked about. Um, and also takes place 200 years before the prequels in the high Republic era of star Wars. Uh, Yoda shows up, um, we find out that, you know, he's kind of a young Jedi who's trying to figure out, you know, trying to find out what being, being a Jedi means, but also is quite capable. And uh, as we see in here and will be thoroughly tested in the course of this, I believe of my five issue miniseries of which this is. Um, and I know she definitely shows up. She wants to show other places in this whole multimedia uh, initiative. So this is not going to be like, Hey, this is just where she is. And that's it. So, but I enjoyed the read, though. It was actually um, a, a pretty good start. Like, you, we get introduced to a lot of people. We see, we don't necessarily see what the impetus of the greater thing is, but we definitely see it get references and some folks, folks like, like Yoda, who's also going to have a book, um, who's going to be doing stuff in a book, um, which we'll talk about later in the news, you know, kind of come and go uh, about. Uh, Spider-Woman, number eight. So Octavia breaks out, breaks Jessica out to beat up on Hydra, Hydra because she needs what Jess needs. Also, uh, they weirdly make a good team, and Octavia is not the mama. We kind of find out she's not, but um, Stegron, who is last, I want to say, or at least I put it in my notes, who was last seen in this week's Modoc, which I'm not. I'm thinking about it may or may not be the case. I should have gone back and looked at that, um, but. Uh, 
just as a wait, you're gonna read this? Were you gonna read this? Because I know you say you were kind of off this book. What's that? Uh, Spider Man, Spider Woman. I was off. Um, I definitely didn't want to see too much of the King and Black stuff in the previous issue. Yeah, but I know that that was a pre that was a brief uh, interlude, much the way it was in Guardians. I'll take a look at it if you recommend it. Uh, this was all right. There is still a little bit of King and Black stuff that shows up in this uh, in this issue, but you know they they're kind of going away from it. Uh, and so, like this just kind of just brief stuff that kind of went into it. So anyway, but I, I don't know. I don't necessarily say that you have to, but I thought it was a good issue. Um, anyway, Jess's Avengers Code is her birthday, and I, that meaning her the first her first appearance, which I thought was a good touch. Um, but it was also funny that uh, Rhodey shows up in this book uh, as he did in this week's Iron Man, which obviously is having at a different time frame because he's out in war war. Um, um, his um, why would come? We want to call him Warframe? Good God! Um, what is the name? Uh, what is what is armor name? Regardless, he's in his armor. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't know why I'm blanking on that right now. Um, uh, but she's still going. Just still kind of going the way of not winning any friends with what she's getting into. And last but not least, she ends up looking, finding the guy that she's been looking for this whole last time. So, like I said, it was a good book. I would almost say it's a uh, potential click of the week, but I don't know. It's, there's uh, some other good stuff out there that's probably a little bit better in this. Um, let's see. These last two, I've only glanced at, so I can't really go fully into de- details and even if I want to. But one, Future State, the next Batman, number one. Uh, which we pretty much just jump into the world as it is with uh, the new Batman and what's going on that. We also get caught up, which we've talked about who the new Batman in this context is. So that's not so much of a spoiler, but I'll still kind of keep it as it is for whatever other reason. But we get uh, caught up on the goings on or at least certain aspects of the Fox family um, and issues within. But we also, uh, you know, we're just pretty much put out here. And there's also a outsider's backup that feels like outlawed. And I think there's another, there was another backup that looks like it might be for suicide squad, but I didn't like, cause I kind of just glanced at it. So I'm not entirely sure what in the world that was about. Um, and because they just kind of throw you out in the world, you're kind of like, well, what's going on? How did this come about? Which this, this, none of this kind of gives you any indication of, um, except for like one brief blurb at the beginning of the outsiders back up. And, you know, as agent 70 said, like, you know, dark Knight's death metal kind of goes the way of setting that up in a convoluted way. Anyway, uh, last book, not least a future state wonder woman, number one. And again, I only just glanced at this. I'll probably check a, take a deeper dive into this, uh, later on this weekend or whatever the case may be. But, from first blush, this uh, Wonder Woman feels like Valkyrie from uh, from the quick glance that I got out of it. I'm mean, all right with it. And again, we have talked about this new Wonder Woman, um, um, you know, in, in the past with the stuff leading up to Future State. So I'm kind of excited about looking into this a little bit further and looking into a little bit more on her and other things from Future State. There were a lot of Future State books out this week. Um, there was like, what, what five, five or six? Um, so, and we didn't get a chance, obviously, to get through all of them, but maybe we'll, we may touch Close. upon it again. 
not even close. Yeah. I think there were six books out this week. Yeah, and there will be going forward. So there's going to be a, a slew of books each week uh, for the next couple of months, uh, from what I saw from the from the checklists or whatnot. Um, so buckle up for that, folks. Um, but that is it for me, and we can go ahead into clicks of the week. And I guess speaking of future state, we got one click of the week from um, uh, from Dirt, which was uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by this. Uh, future state Swamp Thing number one. He doesn't. I don't think he gives any reasoning as to why, except for he does mention something about the creative team actually being the same. Sure. Um, the previous uh, the previous iteration of. Um uh swamp thing right and i feel like probably the character is largely the same but i don't know outside of the way i know it's gone through a looks change but i don't know and i don't know because i hadn't read this and i don't necessarily have the interest of it but he seemed to like it so there you go um i don't know if you have those and we don't have one from tim he only mentioned that the uh issue of venom that was out this week was right. fun yeah but did, he doesn't mention that as being his click so i you know, right. um, another Donny Cates book. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'll get mine out of the way because I've already spoiled what I, you know, <laughs> what 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 my pick was. It was mm-hmm. the book I had the most fun reading this week, which was uh, Thor number eleven. Okay, sounds like a plan. Strong up. You know, that's something that I definitely recommend that Roddy Cat catch up on because the the cliffhanger reveal page this week was killer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely killer. There you go. Saying that again. Um, I don't know whether to take, to take him literal or not. <laughs> oh, no, no dead bodies. Okay. Okay. That's what no I was going to hint to earlier, but yeah. It was absolutely top notch, great reveal. You know, it's it's the uh, it's the essence of um, splash page storytelling. Mm. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, for myself, um, I want to definitely give a shout out to Miles Morales because I thought that was a pretty good one. Um, Maybe not one... splash page storytelling. I would say more like uh, splash panel. Because it's not the it's not the whole page. Sure. Okay. Cool. Uh, Spider Man Woman number eight is kind of fun, but I'm thinking I might actually give it to um, uh, Modok Head Games uh, number two. It was. I'm not surprised. That looks like a lot of fun. It it, it really was. It, it really was. Check that. It was a splash page. I'm an idiot because <laughs> I'm scrolling through the PDF. Like, no, that was a whole page. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was definitely really fun read, and 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 I enjoyed it. It was um some obviously not just for the references that come up in it, but uh, just for what they kind of get into was, was was pretty fun. Uh, so there, that is that. And as I type in the wrong thing for Agent Seventy, we can go on to an ad read. All righty, our first ad read of the night is for Funko. Fun at first sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, and brand merchandise such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles 
can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. Now we get into the news. And we get into the comic book news uh, as we do uh, this week around this time. We don't really have actually that much news, partially because of me, partially because it was kind of a light week. Um, but nevertheless, Cinematic News, WandaVision's latest trailer uh, teases a musical episode, apparently. And as Agent 70 and I was talking about, uh, was talking about, I think, uh, after the show last week, just bring Dawn the damn show. We don't really need to see anymore. Right, right. I'm staying away from all of these teaser trailers because it's literally a week away. I'm right. more than willing to just wait and watch the first. Wait, they're, they're releasing all of them? No, they're not releasing all of them. They're, once yeah, they're only releasing so. them one at a time. I believe so. So I'm more than willing to wait for this episode to drop. Right. Yeah, because it says starts and not necessarily releases all of them, mm-hmm. which that's not necessarily saying that they couldn't, but... No, my understanding is that um, they're releasing it on a weekly basis, and then as soon as this ends, then the following week will be Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. So there will be a gap at all in their scheduling. <laughs> uh, you gotta love it. Um, so yeah, there is that... Um... Which actually reminds me of something that I meant to mention before we got out of the the um thing, but it's not necessarily that relevant, uh, relevant, I guess, at this point. But the Transformers book that we talked about last week uh, came out this week, so I really need to get better about watching, <laughs> uh, watching when stuff like that happens. But everything I said about that Transformers book from last week uh, is relevant this week. Right. Next up, though. Uh, Avatar's Azula voice actor has joined Marvel's WandaVision cast. Iconic voice actor Grey Delisle Griffin revealed that she will play a part on the upcoming WandaVision show. Uh, She responded to a New Year's Day post by WandaVision's Twitter account saying, My voice is in this. No details were given as to what role the actor will play on the upcoming Marvel series. Cool. But she has a notable enough voice that you will probably be able to pick it up. She has voiced, I would, as I said, probably at some point uh, this week, she has voiced um, people's whole childhoods. Sure. So you will probably know her voice when you hear it. Not just because she played Azula, but, you know. Oh, she played Daphne on Scooby-Doo. Well, yeah, but in a whole bunch of other people in the the past. Mm -hmm. Anywho, that's cool. Uh, next up, though, which uh, less than cool personally, but you know, uh, Marvel announces AAA wrestling collaboration Marvel X Lucha Libre. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, Marvel and AAA are collaborating on a new initiative Marvel X Lucha Libre. Uh, the Marvel X Lucha, I don't know, it's supposed to be Times or X, whatever, I don't really care. Collaboration will see a new group of wrestlers don identities inspired by Marvel heroes and villains. Who were announced at Triple Mania? Um, was that twenty eight in December? 
Uh, the technical wrestlers are some people I have no idea who they are and their respective characters that they're that are praying about. I'm not going to go through the rest of this. Um, but uh, notable, there's notable uh, inspirations for the um, for these wrestlers and their counterparts. So, yeah, if you are a fan of Lucha Libre Wrestling, I feel like we do definitely have one on in, in the group that is not here. Definitely. Um, maybe they'll be checking that out. Who knows? Next up. Next up. So, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Not Shazam. And this will become uh, relevant when I get to the rest of the story. But Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, is going to make her cable TV debut on TNT on Sunday, January 10th. At 8 p.m. Eastern Time to celebrate this uh, premiere on TNT. TNT deemed it a good idea to celebrate by creating lead-ins to the premiere. You know, that's how TV programming is done. They create lead-ins, right? Mm -hmm. But the lead-ins that they choose are not Marvel titles. All weekend long in the lead up to the premiere, TNT is going to air DC movies like Justice League, Suicide Squad, Batman Begins, Wonder Woman, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Man of Steel. Gotta <laughs> love it. Gotta <laughs> love it. Good job, TNT. Yeah. So this article postulates that they don't know whether this was a, a uh, an epic troll. I very much doubt it. Uh, or an admission by Warner Media owner of TNT that DC movie need, need, uh, needs uh, to siphon off Marvel's energy, according to this article. I very much doubt that also. Um, but yeah, I I'm, I would very much like to, to know the uh, the decision behind doing this. This this was totally funny when I read this. Just curious. That's yeah. all I got to say. It's yeah. just curious. So, but yeah, you can, uh, if you're, if, uh, obviously this is obviously going to be in the show notes that'll give you the, uh, but, uh, the, the, you, if you're watching the video, you can see the date and times of those movies that were in question, uh, leading up to, <laughs> you know, that, that DC stable Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, <laughs> which yeah, obviously, love- you know, most people know there is a Captain Marvel and it's called Shazam, but you know, this is not that. So that's what makes, you know. The whole joke. I kind of wish they had put Shazam, but I know it hadn't been long enough for them to put it on cable yet, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like, they would have put that in front of this Captain Marvel. Would have been extra funny. Which I still haven't seen Shazam yet, but anyway. Next up, though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've heard good things about it. It's alright. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll get around to it. Uh, Soul of the Dragon clip proves that you never mess with Lady Shiva. So this is a clip from the, I believe, up still upcoming, because I think it comes out next week. Yeah, it does. Um, Batman Soul of the Dragon animated uh, movie that pretty much has Batman back in the 70s with uh, um, Bronze Tiger, Lady Shiva, and a bunch of other people in, on a slight well, at least musically, on a slight uh, Into the Dragon, uh, at least as far as the, the commercial is concerned, a slight Into the Dragon vibe. But uh, you can definitely check that out. Um, like I said, it is going to arrive on Digital HD on the, the 12th and on Blu-ray on the 26th. 
surprisingly enough, not on uh, HBO Max, like um, other stuff that is going to be coming down the, p- the pipe. Next. All righty. Next up. I'm sorry. I scrolled down. Um, what'd you do? You did the Soul of the Dragon, right? Mm-hmm. DC Films President Walter Hamada renews his deal to continue on through 2023. Prior to Hamada's installation in the position, Jeff Johns and John Berg essentially ran DC Films and the DCEU. Okay. Yeah. So who's going to be there a little longer? Yay, I guess. Uh, Speaking of, in a sense, Ray Fisher's cyborg cameo reportedly written out of Flash movies. And there's other places reporting that he left on his own volition, which we don't think that might be the case. And we don't know the behind the scenes of what's going on with this. And But we also know that Ray Fisher's been out there talking much much yang about uh, his uh, issues with, um, you know, behind the scenes on the Justice League stuff. So... One thing could be more of the case than the other, but we'll, we'll we'll find that out. Nevertheless, uh, it's been reported that uh, his cameo in The Flash has been written out and anything else going forward, quite possibly, but we don't know. Um, and which has also to do with the one uh, Walter Hamada, because he also comes out and says that Walter Hamada is the most dangerous kind of an enabler. Uh, his lies in WB's PR failed the September 4th hit piece uh, sought to undermine the very real natures of the Justice League investigation. I will not participate in any production associated with him, which is what Ray Stevens, uh, Ray Fisher, excuse me, Ray Stevens is another person, says. Um, and of course, like I said, this, this is, we find out later on that Hamada, that Hamada deal from the last uh, article came through. Next up, Power Rangers. Some Power Rangers seasons, actually. Not all, but some are leaving Netflix. Power Rangers fans have enjoyed having the entire franchise in one place since 2016, as that that's when the franchise listed uh, all of the seasons on Netflix from Mighty Morphin to Dino Charge. Um Many of the seasons are going to be removed as of February 1st, 2021, and fans are not happy about it. The seasons from Mighty Morphin Alien Rangers to Dino Supercharge will leave the service, while Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Ninja Steel and Beast Morphers will remain for the time being. It seems the contract for Mighty Morphin and the more recent shows was renewed, but many are hoping that the other shows' contracts will be renewed. Okay. Right, so that basically is like, um, I want to say Turbo, In Space, RPM, um, um, you know, everything along in that, uh, um, um, Lightspeed Rescue, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Time Force, all that kind of stuff is is going, which is sad, because that's the good stuff. Uh, Mighty Morphin, the original Mighty Morphin, as uh, HS7 said, is still staying, but there's a big swath of stuff that won't be there. Um, Dino Charge, I believe, is the one before Mega Force and all that. Because I'm not even sure where where it goes after that. But regardless, yeah, there's a big hole. There's going to be a big hole in the Netflix uh, uh, lineup of, of Power Rangers, unless they come to a deal or something. I don't know. Next up, um, from the Expanse corner of the universe, why cast Anvar's Alex Kamal won't return for season six. 
uh, and this is spoilers because season five is uh, episodes one, two, three um, are out right now on Amazon Prime. And it basically has something to do with the fact that in his real life, um, uh, Anvar is facing sexual harassment charges or uh, allegations. So, yeah, I don't know if they killed off his character or you just kind of just dropped him off. He was kind of a main character, a main-ish character. He was in the main group of characters, I should say, during the first five seasons. So that's kind of crazy. Or it is what it is. But some would say that, yeah, we wouldn't be surprised seeing that guy. But that's not fair. And that's not, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not even going to sit up and stick up for him because I don't even know what the hell is going on with that. But regardless, there you go. That's why he's not going to be in the show. Next. So Star Trek Discovery has revealed the disgusting source of replicated food. It kind of makes sense in a biological way Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, matter is, you know, not destroyed, just reformed. Uh, The latest uh, episode of Star Trek Discovery reveals this. uh, That is this is uh, spoilers for Star Trek Discovery Season 3, Episode 12, uh, titled There is a Tide that's streaming on CBS All Access. So in the story, it's revealed that it's uh, made of our shit, you know. Not not unlike uh, a solvent green. Exactly. It's the base material that they use in the replicators. They deconstruct it to the atomic level and then reform the atom. So, you know. We can be shocked, but guess what? That's pretty much where food come from, comes from in the grand scheme of things. In some cases, definitely, yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, though, uh, see the Umbrella Academy's music supervisor breaks down season two's playlist. Um, Umbrella Academy's music supervisor Jen Malone explains why she chose to use certain songs for poignant scenes in season two of the Netflix series. Uh, in a clip posted on Twitter, Malone explained that she chose to use the song Rocket Fuel by DJ Shadow featuring uh, De La Soul in the first fight scene of the season because, quote unquote, it just seemed like a really good spot to have some kind of, uh, some kind of more uh, of like a hip hop scene. That's a weird sounding sentence, but okay. Yes. Uh, one thing I was kind of excited to bring to the show, you know, was to be able to sprinkle in some more contemporary songs, she said. Um, and because the showrunner is just as open to anything, Malone explained, went on to explain that Rocket Fuel has been one of her favorite songs for a while. And she noted that it was really excited to bring it to the table for the first fight scene. Um, so, cool. Rocket Fuel does actually a good song. Yes. So yeah, there you go. You can read the rest of that uh, and her thought patterns on the, some other musical choices in the show notes. Next up, all righty. Uh, next up and last up in our news, uh, in our cinematic news, um, it's been reported that Hyde Park Entertainment and Endeavor are developing a feature film and game show revolving around. The Rubik's Cube. Um, that's pretty much the story. Yeah, it's kind of so good now. Um, I would actually recommend. I would recommend uh, a documentary that Uh-oh. is, a, I believe, available on Netflix. I don't remember exactly where I saw it. I don't know if it's Hulu or not. 
I think it's called Speed Cubers. Oh yeah, okay. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Right, the Speed Cubers. Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's a brief, you know, it's like forty minutes long. I think it's really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Also, um, if you're of a certain vintage, you remember Rubik's the Amazing Cube, that '80s cartoon show. It wasn't great. I'm not saying it was, but it's out there somewhere. If you can check out check out your YouTube set. I, and when I first saw this article, I was like, okay, if, if they're going to do that, that's still going to be dumb, but I'd be I'd be into it. That doesn't sound like that's what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But now we push over into... I was to say, before we transition over to the comic book news, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, play the, uh, 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 the transition. I was going to ask if you had, had gotten around to watching Soul yet. No, not yet. I okay. did, yeah. Just curious. Yeah. I did watch uh, Transformers Earthrise, uh, the, the War for Cybertron Earthrise. Yeah. I liked it. It was actually all right. There was the, the references that were in there were like, I don't know why this is coming up, but I'm 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 enjoying it. And this has got to be going somewhere, I'm hoping. But I mean, obviously, we know where it's supposed to be going. Right. Right. But, right, right. We know where it's headed. I just, I really like It's funny that we're, we're actually going to talk about uh, Earthrise now. But, um, uh, you know, and spoiler warning here, just for anyone that hasn't watched it yet, but I really like some of the characters that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a fan of what they did with the Quintus, the one Quintus on that we see. <laughs> I was like, what? But the fact that they did, but the fact that they brought him up and I was like, all right, yeah, where, where are we going with this? Where, what are we doing here? And obviously, so it, it also messes with something, but they've already, you know, it, they've clearly made a point to be like, now nah, we're rebooting this and we're messing with um mm-hmm. you know where where we know the story is going to and because there are some people who ends up showing up later who's clearly not going to show up later um or I'll, that we know of anyway and they're really rebooting this is a fact that um like we can pretty much we'll do what we want because there are again a couple of references that especially the ones in the end um well well within the end of this and uh the next to the last episode was like, all right, I need to know what they're, what they're going to do with this. <laughs> uh, they have to be doing something, especially with that last shot. Right. I'm also getting a kick out of the uh, the minions, the, 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 the unnamed minions, the, you know, like the, the multiple uh, uh, kind of duplicate Transformers, the camera guys. Yes. I'm like, oh, look at that, the camera guys. There's a million of the camera guys. It does seem like that. I was like, yeah, that does look like that, but no, it's just some just some random Decepticons that just so happens to look like that. No, we don't, you know, yeah, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, there was a lot of that. It was like... Camera guys. Right. There's uh, lots of camera guys. They just are. They right. just are. And then you know? there was the, um, the uh, from, I believe it was episode five, the, uh, the quote-unquote evil wheeljack and bumblebee. Right. Uh, and the others that showed up in, in, in that whole lineup, like, okay, are they going to do some more with this? Well, and obviously, there's, 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 um, I, and I say obviously because some people might not know this because there is, and I think there was even a, a callback to uh, Nemesis Prime, which is like basically uh, Evil Optimus Prime in one of the episodes, also in that. So all of the stuff they've been doing is based in something. Right, uh, right. Whether it be it's recent, whether yeah, right, whether it be recent comics or just you know just just the 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 dearth of stuff that's already been around, including G1 stuff. The, 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 my main thing was like, well, I know, you know, they are clearly going towards what we know G1 to be, but also they played with that because there are some people in the group that was not there in G1 with the, the right. initial group. 
So right. I'm sitting here like, okay, are they going to get rid of this this or these people before they do that? Or are they just going to like, now nah, we're just straight up rebooting it and this is what it is and this person, you know. Yeah, and, and they'll just add, right, they're, they're just adding different characters to that that original G1 lineup that find themselves in the arc. Right, and we also see uh, a little bit more, which is, I'm, I'm kind of happy to see this, and I'm not sure where that one last part of that was, uh, you know, they're clearly got, they think, Hopefully they're going to bring this up in whatever the next part of the tri- the last part of the trilogy is. I hope, but um, there was definitely a, a focus on some of the more uh, lesser known uh, female bots. Ones right. that, w- at least ones, especially ones that we've heard about for you know either you know in G one in rumors or whatever. Not rumors, but like I, I know a leader one did show up somewhere uh, at some point. But um, and RC's been around in like later. Honestly, the only one that we were ever introduced to was in the movie was RC, right? You know? But she, was yeah, which ended up going on to be season in, in season three, prominently. Exactly. What I was going to say is that was our first introduction to any female Transformers. Well, uh, Alita one has been talked about though. No, my point is back in the day when G yeah, one was introduced. Where was Alita one in seasons one through? Three, that's what I'm one, she wasn't. She was like brought up as a name, but she was never like brought up as a you know I see. an actual bot but she was definitely like hey yeah you know, she was brought up as a name though at some gotcha point. i don't recall that so right if that's the case then um you know that's a, that's the first reference to but uh other than that we hadn't gotten a female uh transformer until we saw rc in the movie and right. then we saw her return in the series so right and then like newer ones like uh chromia windblade you know windblade is a is a fan favorite and windblade is one that fans made actually but and we didn't see a more of those the female ones and even the ones that we've seen here are later <laughs> what's that who Oh well, I don't know who that is. (laughs) But yeah, but definitely, definitely later entries that are probably coming from. I think most of them kind of came from the uh, last, like the volume of Transformers to comic books. Gotcha. That we had previous to what's going on right now. All right. Which actually, there's some parallel to what's what what happened there to the but not much. Like you know, they are definitely going in the comics, the current comics. They are definitely going towards what we see as the start of G one, uh, with what I've been. what we mentioned. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're they're not going. They're not doing the exact same, but there's some definitely parallels to some stuff that they that they do in the Netflix stuff and here. Oh, not here, but in the comic stuff. Which uh, obviously, I think I might have brought up a little bit uh, last week, and um, and uh, when I talked about. The book that came out this week, Transformers 66, 26. All right. So we'll so, transition yeah, we'll over to comic book news, and I'll uh, use a pretty appropriate transition. <laughs> By the way, um, um, real quick, uh, speaking of Transformers, um, if you are on Twitch, I do I play video games on Twitch, and I on have a feature called Saturday Morning Feature, which I do play cartoon-based stuff on Saturday mornings. I just finished Transformers Battlegrounds, which is based off of Transformers Cyberverse um, cartoon that is... I don't know if it's still currently out, but it is that. It's 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 not a great XCOM game, but I played it into position. So if you want to see any of that, you can go check out on my YouTube channel at uh, twitch.tv slash Rodicat uh, and look under Saturday morning feature. I should probably have all that stuff collected. News! Ms. Marvel becomes Spider-Man in new exclusive Marvel Legends figure. 
So Marvel Comics fans are in for a real treat as Marvel Unlimited has unveiled their 2021 membership kit. Uh, this annual kit will give comic collectors access to thousands of digital comics with editions every week. However, Marvel Legends fans are getting something special uh, this time as they'll be getting an exclusive figure. Miss Marvel is back, but this time she will be wearing her very own uh, Spider-Man costume. And if you're watching the video, you can see the stuff that's uh, in, the, in that uh, thing. Uh, let's see. Like her previously, if Miss Marvel will come with secondary arm to show off her inhuman powers, she will not come in a box, but uh, nothing stops inbox collectors from putting her in a normal you know, Marvel Agent package. Mm-hmm. Um, as this article says, the annual membership kit would also come with some more goodies like two Iron Man variant comics, an Iron Man pin, and a Stark Unlimited pin. Uh, the bundle concept seems to be off, but it's filled with some great collectibles, according to this article. Uh, and the membership kit is priced at 99 bucks, but can be acquired for only 84 if you act fast using some link in this article, which is may or may not be uh, valid at the course of this uh, recording. So, there you go. And it goes on to list what the, the variants and stuff are in this stuff. So. If you had an opportunity to check that out, go for it. Next. I was about to say, I already have my Marvel Unlimited membership. I'm okay without getting, you know, the... Uh, the upgrade, the yeah. Special. Exactly, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, so uh, Roddy Cat mentioned this to me earlier. So uh, today, uh, some exclusive Spider-Man Miles Morales Funko Pops are now live for pre-order. Um in conjunction with the Spider-Man Miles Morales video game for PS4 and PS5, um, which followed up the popular 2018 Marvel Spider-Man title, uh, Funko's um, first Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales pop figure exclusive is a winter suit variant featuring Miles hanging upside down and flashing a V sign. Uh, that pop figure is now available to pre-order on hot topic for 1250 with shipping slated for february the second one is exclusive um and is a version of the programmable suit figure with a pose that's slightly different from the common version it also appears to be a glow-in-the-dark variant pre-orders for that figure are live at gamestop for 11.99 with shipping slated for march Uh, congratulations fans of this video game well sure um or and fans of miles morales but um so it's worth noting that as i told agent 70 the there's those there's a couple of these that i ended up getting but there's also a a a bunch of common ones that also came um came up uh for pre-order with this and the listing is in the uh in the article so i won't really go through all of them but they are out there on amazon for 10.99 with prime including the common version of the programmable matter uh suit uh and i believe those are coming out in, in at the end of april uh and some good some 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 good like ones you can check that out and they got a link in here um in in the show you know in the article which you can find in the show notes so next up, uh, Marvel Mission is Europe's new superhero-themed escape room challenge. Um, a new series of Marvel-themed escape rooms has opened in Europe. Marvel Mission casts uh, players as S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and deploys them on missions to help Marvel heroes. Each mission features a fully interactive environment and the latest advancements in virtual and augmented reality. 
Uh, this article goes into the explanation of what the missions, a couple of the missions are, but I will not. Um, but it also says that uh, missions are currently closed due to coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 pandemic, though customers will be able to visit the Marvel Mission Store and purchase merchandise wherever this place is in Europe. But you could also check out the YouTube channel, to, I guess, to see what, what's going on with that. Next up. Next up, in an article straight from StarWars.com, we are uh, neck deep in High Republic stuff now. There's a new trailer that's revealed a bunch of stuff. Uh, as we, you know, as we are absolutely now in the thick of the High Republic phase of the multimedia um, Lucasfilm slash Star Wars slash Disney storytelling. Um, there are, you know, in, 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 uh, in addition to the brand new trailer, uh, you know, lots of reveals of uh, new characters. There is, there, you know, there's, um, uh, I think as part of this uh, kickoff video, interviews with several of the creators, uh, including Charles Soule, who is both writing some of the, uh, uh, well, wrote, you know, I guess the big kickoff novel to right. the uh, to the initiative. Um, and uh, they also interview several of the creative uh, teams from the new comic books, as well as the middle grade and, and younger uh, person readers, you know, uh, and graphic novels as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So basically, the um, yeah, there's the the trailer reveal, the 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 uh, the roundtable that Agent um, Seven was talking about with the with the uh, with uh, Charles Old, Justina Ireland, Kevin Scott, who previously mentioned uh, Daniel Jose Older and Claudia Gray, which uh, is only an hour. You should check it out if you're if you're interested. But if you're a Star Wars fan, you probably already have. And they definitely go through the first slate of uh, novels, comics, and and uh, and um, you know, graphic novels and whatnot that are coming down the pike. Uh, it was a good, uh, it was a good, uh, interview, um, and, and stuff to a, to a point. And, uh, and this article kind of goes on to, uh, show, you know, some of the stuff that, uh, was presented in said, uh, hour long thing also. So if you don't want to necessarily watch that, you can check it, check the article out if you haven't already, but the uh, but the, uh, the the there is a little bit of stuff that goes into a little bit more detail in said um, said uh, hour long interview thing, um, and as previously said, like I said, the High Republic uh, novel is out. Charles, I, I, whenever I finish reading, I'll let y'all know. And the, the the High Republic book that we were talking about earlier, and we do definitely know we have some stuff coming out in the next few weeks. Um, I believe actually I didn't need um, I'll check out next week's books and see if there's another one. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely stuff coming down the line next up though. Uh, IDW to publish Disney doorway to danger or original graphic novel. Uh, let's see Tom Engelberger author of the origami Yoda chapter book, uh, graphic novel hybrids is the writer for IDW's latest Disney graphic novel doorways to danger. Uh, Jeff Harvey is the artist for the project. Uh, Doorway to Danger features the classic Disney characters, including Mickey and Minnie Mouse, Donald and Daisy Duck, and Uncle Scrooge, 
who are competing in a reality TV show with a host who is not entirely on the up and up. Uh, the 112-page full-color hardcover will be available in June with an MSRP of $12.99. This sounds like a video game uh, that would have been like a Mario Party situation had they thought about it, if they're not even thinking about it. But anyway, um, next up. Next up, uh, DCS plans for Tim Fox as the next Batman after Future State. Uh, with the start of DC Super Event Future State and the release of the first Batman installment, Future State, the next Batman, uh, writer John Ridley, uh, who is an Academy Award winning uh, writer, uh, has confirmed big plans for not only the next Batman, but also revealed his hopes to continue Tim Fox's story past Future State. Um The next Batman is a four-part series that's going to explore Tim Fox uh, as part of the Future State slate. Um, The story starts with Fox returning to Gotham immediately following the Joker War, which Fox had been absent from. Uh, A bunch of stuff. I don't necessarily want to spoil. So, yeah, lots of surprises. But, yeah, there's more for Tim Fox to come after Future State. Yeah, we uh, we talked about it in glancing uh, glancing blows earlier. So there, it's out this week, and there you go. Last but not least, Yannick Paquette uh, leaving DC as after a ten year run. So longtime DC exclusive artist Yannick Paquette uh, has announced he's leaving the publisher for new work elsewhere. Uh, Paquette drew portions of this week's Darth. Dark Knight's Death Metal number seven and Generations Shattered number one, which we did not get to talk about, but it's out there. Uh, but its final work at DC will be March 9th, Wonder Woman, uh, Earth One, Volume Three. Uh, uh, I guess this is a quote from him. Uh, oh, uh, Death Metal seven is out there, as it turns out, and this is a fitting celebratory end to the to my ten year tenure at DC. Paquette wrote on Facebook. I've entered to some uh, unannounced stuff for a while, but no doubt I'll get back to DC at one point. And this article goes on to mention that uh, the Wonder Woman Earth 1 stuff was done already uh, last year. So, there you go. And that, folks, is the news for for tonight's uh, show. Do you have another ad read from me? Our last ad read of the night is for Wink. And after the week we've had so far, we could all use some stiff drinks. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Torrente, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. 
And as we come to the end of another episode, actually, I have a little, uh, un- well, not an unboxing. Where the hell did I put it? Hold on. Look. It's right here. I forgot one too many boxes, folks. Um, oh, darn it. What did I do? I was about to say, you already teased this online. Where is it? I did. I did. And uh, actually, let me go get it. Uh, really quick. <laughs> it's not in the room. I hope. No, it is in the room. It's just that um, that's a little farther out of my reach. Here we go. <laughs> Folks, if you have been following the Instagram or Twitter, you have seen what I'm about to show on the screen. Um, I am now in possession of... Um, which actually uh, still reading this book because well I wish the the, ish, the next issue of this book had also come out this week but apparently that's not the case. Bam. Um, I was about to say yeah you got to put it in front of you or something because of your virtual background. Oh uh, sucks. But there we go. You can kind of see it there. Um, yeah. Gigawatt the Transformers slash Back to the Future um, uh, collaboration. Is in my little hot hand, little hands right now. You can see the boxing. It looks like the old, the boxing of old with the little stats on the on the back of it and little saying and whatnot. It does not come with that other new character that they introduced in the book. Um, um, I believe his name is Skills, which is like a little, uh, a little. Well, it was the skateboard, I, and I kind of wish they had, but at the same time, I guess because they can't be choosers. But it's the DeLorean, folks, as a Transformer. You got to love it. And, it, of course, you know, the box has the way to transform it and all the pertinent stuff that the boxes used to have back in the day. Uh, with the exception of the little red slip of paper that you would have to, I mean, the little plastic slip that you would have to put over the uh, thing to, to, to see the stats. Right. You know, but since it's already laid out there, I guess you don't need it. But it's still a bummer that they don't have it. But yes, yeah, so I'm I'm happy that I got this. It, um, I, I think I know I still have. I just also realized that I um, that I believe I have something coming from Big Bad Toy Stores that I totally forgot to get because pile of loots, folks. You need to watch your your pile of loots from stacking up. Because <laughs> uh, if you order something and have it go to your pile of loot, they won't uh, do anything with it unless you say so. And I don't think they give you any. Um, real indication of that until you go look for yourself which is what i had to do anyway that was my uh, uh my, my my show and tell and for the to, for the toy corner which i guess thankfully was kind of sort of related to what stuff we've talked about sure that being the case we can end this here show for tonight thank each and every one of you all as my seat decides it wants to, to deflate or whatever the case may be um Thank you all for coming out. Appreciate it. As always, we will be back. Uh, we're, still, we're back on our regular schedule right now. Uh, so every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. on the Click Nation's uh, YouTube channel or twitch.tv slash Chronicles, all one word. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Uh, but anyway, you can find me, Rodicat, uh, at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at, at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. 
hate you. <laughs> uh, PC and underscore dirt on Twitter. Pop, uh, pop Culture Network on Twitter. Uh, well, excuse me, Pop Culture Net on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and all those umbrella sites they're in. Probably still doing Byte under comic reviews, no vowels. Um, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. The Osiris of this ish. Um, you can also find him at the click nation on Twitter. That's the K L I Q N A T I O N all one word, but you can also find him at the comic book Chronicles Twitter account, which is CB Cron, but you can definitely find him over at comic book resources where he's writing his face off. Uh, and you can find, uh, this here podcast on, the coals of the podcast network that's cspn.us do it today oh dear lord and I hope like hell that this whole show hasn't been going out silently uh, on the video version this whole as time that's going to be a bummer um but if that's the case, I will rectify that later on. That sucks. Anyhow, um, what is it? CSPN.us. You can find us on the podcast for the place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Hit, li- hit like and subscribe. <laughs> Somehow he still managed to get that one off. Great. Um, and I think, wait, is that it? Cause I just all discombobulated myself with, with what I just noticed. Um, but like, like I said, we'll be back here next Thursday. Oh, the, the one last thing is I did want to mention that this is episode 398. Like I believe I said earlier in the show, if you happen to hear it, um, on the, uh, the live recording, um, this is why it's sometimes nice to have an audience. Uh, but it is 398, which means in a couple of episodes, in a couple of weeks, we will be having our 400th episode of this here show. Um, we don't necessarily have anything planned for it, but hopefully we can put something together. Um, if not, then hey, we'll have a show and we'll, we'll do the thing like we've been doing. Absolutely. So we'll still celebrate somehow. Exactly. Exactly. Even if we got to play a clip of uh, Earthwind. Um, of, of, well, celebration, not Earth, Wind, Fire. But um, regardless, folks, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one. Wakanda forever! <laughs>